Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Terrell Turner. He's the co-founder of the TL Turner Group. He's a finance consultant. He's also the creator and host of the Business Talk Library, which I love the tagline of this podcast. It's where business makes sense. Check out the podcast. Check out his YouTube channel. And absolutely, if you need finance help for your business, you need to hire Terrell Turner. Hey, enjoy this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Got a great guest with us today, Terrell Turner. Terrell has two things I want to tell you about. First of all, he leads the TL Turner Group, where they were looking to be an outsourced CFO for your business. If you need to run the numbers for your business, figure out the next decision, whether that's opening a store, changing some things up, trying to make the right financial decision for your business, Terrell is the guy to do it. He's also the host of the Business Talk Library, which is a personal favorite of mine. I love the tagline where business talk makes sense, or rather where business makes sense. Terrell, I'm excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Blake. All right, so let's let's get the tagline right because I think I flubbed it there. <laughs> business Talk Library, finish it for me. <laughs> it is the place where business makes sense. <laughs> so I saw that, man, and I thought, you know, it's funny because, you know, it feels like we get so hung up in like, what's the latest like deep thought around a business concept? And I keep finding it where, man, we, when we get back to the basics of like, so here's a great example. And I know, so you're the numbers guy. You probably deal with this a lot. Um, I'm sure you talk with people who, you know, they're trying to make decisions for their business and you're looking at their books, you're looking at their P&L, or maybe you're looking at their sales and you're like, dude, this is a no brainer. You can't do that decision or that does not make sense at all. And it kind of actually reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen like the really old SNL skit with, um, Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's got white hair, uh, actor. Um, uh, he's always had white hair. I can't, I can't remember <laughs> his name, but, uh, he's explaining how like a credit card works and they're like, so how do I avoid debt? And they're like, well, you just, you don't spend more than you make. And they're like, okay, so how does that work? And he's like, <laughs> well, it's easy. Just don't spend more than you make. And they're like, well, can I buy a car if I can't afford it? No, it, but it kind of feels like that happens a lot with business. And so, that's why, that's my really roundabout, long-winded way of saying, I really like that tagline because I'm like, yeah, that's, we need more of that, I feel like, in the business world. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that I found is that a lot of the questions people were asking, um, it was just like I said, the answer was very simple to solve the real problem that they had, but a lot of people were getting caught up in, hey, this latest, you know, thought leader that they heard on this topic and they explained it in this very technical way. And so I just said, you know, how about we just take a step back and let's just simplify it. And I started off, I mean, being a, a CPA kind of by trade, I mean, I started off, 
you know, with, uh, with taxes and just said, hey, let's just simplify it. There are a lot of complicated aspects of taxes, but with the people that are asking questions, I'm like, that doesn't apply to you. That doesn't apply to you. You just need to understand the basics. Mm. Well, it's interesting because it feels like, and I don't know if like maybe the basics are too simple. And so we're like, well, it can't be that. <laughs> but it, it also feels like, I don't know, man. I, sometimes I wonder like, are people trying to make the answer more complicated than it is? Because like, like, for example, I was talking to a woman who some people had just quit and she was like, well, I need to like redo my hiring and like find different people to work who I can hire and all these different steps. And I was like, do you think maybe you're just like not a great boss? Like, is that, you know, it's like, well, it can't be that. But like these really simple answers, it's like, it feels like it's hard for us sometimes to like really grab onto it. Yeah. I mean, I think some people, I mean, it, the way I heard someone explain it to before was like, it, it, can, it could be an ego thing. To where it's just like, you know, I'm a very smart and intelligent person. So if I'm not doing well in this area, then it can't be something simple. It has to be something complicated that nobody else has ever seen or experienced before because (laughs) I'm a smart individual. It can't be that simple. And it's just like, you know, it it probably is that. Like you said, maybe that person's not a great boss. It could be that simple. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, you know, I, I've already uh, blabbed quite a bit coming into the episode. Tell me a little bit about uh, the TL Turner group. Um, we can also talk about the podcast, man. I, I really do love the podcast. <laughs> the, the production values are insane. Like just looking at your YouTube channel, I'm like, my gosh, this guy like has something really special here, <laughs> but let's, let's start with the TL Turner group. Talk to me more about what you're doing with that, what that journey's looked like. Yeah, so the TL Turner Group is something that I started doing consulting years ago because, you know, my background is accounting and corporate finance, and I've worked in with Fortune 500 companies from like Navistar to General Electric and, and various corporate finance roles. But because I started in accounting with, you know, one of the big four accounting firms, that's kind of where kind of like my, I guess you would say my, you know, my, my, my base is, my foundation is accounting and understanding the numbers. So with the TL Turner Group, my focus was on, I, I love helping businesses and helping them understand and like I said, kind of demystify the finance side of the business because I meet a lot of people that they love the trade of what they do, whether they're a restaurant, they love cooking, or, you know, let's say if they're in supply chain, they love, you know, change management and lean Six Sigma. And when I meet consultants, or even when I meet people in the tech space, I mean, they they love the technology that they're doing, but they don't really understand the financial side of running a business. They don't understand Mm -hmm. how to read an income statement or balance sheet or they don't even understand, you know, cash flow and why that why that's different from your income statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what I do is I step in to kind of understand, you know, their business, understand the strategies and the decisions that they're trying to make. And then I'm like, okay, let's have a very real conversation. This is what the numbers are telling me about your business. Like that idea you're trying to do, the numbers just don't make sense. Like I, I don't think, you know, it may be an idea that you're excited about, but your business isn't going to survive if you do that. So here are my suggestions on how you could tweak that, whether that's pricing, whether that's cost, or even if it's as, okay, maybe you should think about taking on a partner for this type of transaction because the economics just don't make sense for your business. So that's a lot of what I do. And like one of the big areas that I do that in is working with clients where let's say for example like one client with with the that was a restaurant 
is coming in saying, okay, let's look at every item on your menu. Let's look at the price and let's really understand what does it cost you to provide that individual item. And then let's see, does the profit margin on these items make sense for your business? If not, you probably need to take that off your menu, take that off your menu, or maybe you need to adjust this. And the same thing even with whether it's companies that have products or even tech companies or even service providers, like let's really take a real look and see what does it actually cost you to provide this service? Hmm. What's your price? And does that make sense? How do you convince people who are, um, I guess, they're, they're too far gone in terms of like their own bias. Like you're telling them this service or this product is not profitable, but they, they love it. Like they feel passionate about it. They feel attached to it. Um, or even, you know, what's really funny is people who are like, you know, they have like the one customer who loves that and they're like, Oh, well, you know, our customers love that. And you're like, that can't be possible. Like you're losing money on it, (laughs) but it's like, no, no, no. That one customer really loves it. Like, how do you, how do you help get someone to be objective and sort of separate themselves from the emotion that they might feel for their business. And I, was, I mean, that one was a challenge for me coming from, like I said, a numbers background where it's black and white for me, but that's where I personally had to develop as a business owner to really start developing, you know, those non-financial skills, kind of those soft skills of really understanding where people are and even understanding different business strategies because you know for me it's we put the numbers down we see what the numbers look like and for some people that are just really in love with it where i can just build a financial model and just you know extrapolate it out and say okay all right you're only selling let's say you know 15 of these a month well what happens if you sell 30 a month and they start seeing like wow that number that negative number keeps getting bigger and bigger And for some people that sets in and then for other people, I think where I have to step into the side of business strategy is saying, okay, all right, I see that you really, really want to offer this product. It is an attractor. So let's see if there are any other items you can add as an upsell where Mm -hmm. you may not make money on this product, but you have some other upsell items that you can make money on so we can figure out some strategy to make this fit. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And then like, what about people who are, um, like, do you ever have people who you have to like help totally revamp their business model or like they've, you know, they've gone into business with like a certain way to make money that in their mind made a lot of sense, but practically it's like no one could ever build a sustainable business out of this. I mean, what, what do those conversations look like? I mean, do you ever have to, do you ever feel like you're having to like really, Cause I know for you, you're saying like the numbers are kind of just black and white. It's like objective. And it's like, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I see it, <laughs> but like, like for the people you're talking to, do you ever feel like you have to like really, um, so, so here's a, here's a great example actually of a kind of conversation that I might have. And, um, you can tell me if you have something similar, I might have someone who says, um, I can't find anyone who is a great employee or who stays longer than six months okay, well, what are you paying them? Well, I pay minimum wage. Okay. Well, the basic concept is you get what you pay for. So if you, if you want people who stay longer than six months or you want higher quality people, you will have to pay more than minimum wage. 
And so the, where, where we butt heads then is the person then responds with, well, I can't afford to pay more than minimum wage. Well, I, I can't do that. The way my business is set up is I have literally allocated this amount of money for hiring and all I can do is minimum wage. And so now, you know, it's, it's where do we go from here where I'm now trying to will this person into seeing it a different way. I'd be curious if you have similar conversations where, not that someone's even like so much just stuck on their opinion, but I would guess you've had some hard conversations where you're having to really pull someone along and help them see this is not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, I've had that situation where, and the way it usually pops up a little bit more is where people feel like, man, I have built my business on this brand of product, or I built my business on this product. And when I'm looking at the numbers, I'm like, the more you sell that product, the worse it is for your business. Um, because I'm like, every time you sell, like it was with a, with a tech company, we were looking at a product offering and they had, you know, they, they had bought another company. So they had spent, you know, millions buying this other company and they, had, you know, pitched the idea to their board. They had raised capital for it. And so the board was expecting a return on investment. So as I was looking at it, I'm like, Every time you deliver a, a sign on a new customer, you have to customize the product offering. And that just defeats the whole purpose of economies of scale. Like you can't mm. scale that way because you're having to add costs every time you bring on a new client. And, you know, for them, it was an emotional pull because they're mm. like, well, we raise capital to do this acquisition. If we have to go back to the board and tell them that, hey, this was a bad <laughs> idea, I might get fired. <laughs> yeah. And so from their perspective, it was just like, no, we can't, we can't change this strategy. Like we got to figure out a way to make it work. And it's just like, that's like trying to get, you know, a square object to fit in the round hole. And right. I mean, and I can, and like I said, I understand the frustration on their part and I understand, you know, the difficult spot that they were in because there were several people in the company at the time that said, Hey, yeah, this is a great idea. And, you know, several million dollars later, it's just like, now you have to show something for it. And I mean, it was a very, very tough conversation, but one of the things that, you know, I kind of look at it is, and like I said, that's where I have to go into more of the business strategy side of my experience is, okay, if you're not going to back down from this, the best thing I can do is try to help you figure out a strategy that is going to work. And like going back to your example about, you know, the person that hired, you know, an employee and they're like, hey, I can't pay more than minimum wage. Just then it's like, okay, all right, let's look. What does it cost you to have to recruit and train a new employee? So every time you lose an employee um, and you got to go through that hiring process, plus like, you know, how much time are you losing from getting new business because you're focused on training this new client? I mean, training this new employee. And so when we start looking at, I guess you say the opportunity cost that they're losing out on, yep. that's where I think, you know, the conversation starts to make a little bit more sense um, to them to where they're starting to realize like, oh, well, if I add in all the costs that or you say all the revenue, potential revenue that I'm losing because I keep doing the same thing, yep. then maybe it makes sense to pay a little bit more. 
And maybe it makes sense to, hey, shift less money away from other things that you're doing to be able to afford to pay more so you can get good quality talent. And I mean, and to be honest with you, there are some people that are just so focused in on the strategy that they want to go down. And I just have to tell them, like, you know what, this probably (laughs) isn't the right relationship for us. Yeah. And yeah, and that's, you know, that's this other dynamic too that I think is so interesting is that it's like, it's like my, my wife and I, we like to joke whenever people seek us out for advice, like not just like business advice, but like just, I guess, general advice. Her and I always kind of have like this look of, is, is this person really wanting to know what they should do or do they, do they just want to be able to talk about it with someone? Like, it, it just feels like people in general, we're not, we're not super great at, like, I think I, I did something for my business like I finally made a decision for my business after maybe like a year and a half that ended up pretty profitable. And my wife was like, I told you to do that a year ago. <laughs> and you were like, nah, I don't know about that. It just, it feels like, man, we're so slow to like really, I don't want to say take other pieces of advice, but there's sort of like this timing that has to happen for us to really like mature into, okay, now I'm willing to do that. You know, now I'm willing to try that. And maybe that's human nature. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, and I think back to one of the uh, the post. It was a post I think I saw on your your profile where you talked about you know just taking that learning and that growth process serious as an entrepreneur. And I think mm-hmm. for me, that's what I've noticed. Where like there are times where my wife mentioned something, and she was like, even like with the business talk library, where she mentioned about hey we should do interviews of, you know, hosting other people on other entrepreneurs on the show. And at the time I'm like, okay, um, I'll just keep doing finance and accounting videos myself. Um, And what I didn't realize is like a year later when we started doing that, like it started adding so much value to the audience. I mean, people loved it. It allowed us to connect with other, other business owners, entrepreneurs. I mean, that's how you and I got connected to where, When I thought back on, I was like, you know, if I'm really honest, the reason why I didn't take her advice was because I was afraid of how it was going to turn out. Mm. Like, I wasn't sure that it would, you know, that I would be good enough to be a good host of a show. So when I was really honest, I'm like, you know what, this advice was so simple and it was very clear, but my hangup was it was an area that I had to kind of figure out something and personally develop in. And I think that as people start to, you know, go through that journey of personal development, they can start to, you know, start taking that advice to where it's just like, Hey, you know what, maybe I can do this, or maybe I should do this instead of just delaying this very simple and very reasonable option for me. (laughs) So what I'm hearing is, Yes, my wife, you were right. <laughs> that's, that's the big rule of thumb. What do, what do you think's the, you know, let, let's talk entrepreneurship a little bit and especially like personal development. Man, there's people out there who are super hungry, uh, not just hungry like for a sale, but they're hungry for running a better business, being better professionals themselves. I mean, they are so, there's so much of a drive there. And then there's people who are pretty comfortable. And, and I would say not even um, entrepreneurs apply to this. I'd say even like, you know, middle managers out there who've gotten pretty comfortable and, you know, I'm, I'm good enough of a boss. What do you think's the difference there between someone who, who's hungry and someone who gets comfortable? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I've seen is that some of the people who are hungry, I think, 
have come to realize that, hey, they're capable of doing more. And whether it's because a mentor has, has told them or whether they've been exposed to, you know, people who are, they're kind of in that environment where they have other people that they're, I guess you say, rubbing elbows with that are doing more. So I guess you kind of say like that peer pressure thing. Um, but I think there are more and more people who have seen what's happened in our current economic or current business environment where technology has kind of replaced some of those things that people were really comfortable with. Hmm. But there are some people that have realized, like, if I don't evolve, then I could be kind of pushed to the side or what I kind of do won't be as valuable tomorrow if I don't learn how to evolve. And, hmm. and I think about that even from, you know, the accounting kind of finance space with as technology improves and all of these apps and the tools that come out to where there are a lot of things that you used to have to have a person manually do, now you can automatically do it through a tool or through a device. And what I've seen is a lot of the accounting and finance people who did not evolve or learn how to leverage the technology to still add value, they've been you know, displaced or they had to find something else or they have to settle for a position or an opportunity that's below their capability. And I think that there are a lot of people who are noticing that change. And then I think there are some people who are just like, you know what? I'm comfortable here. Um, actually learning something new. It is a little scary because, I mean, like I said, you, you got to be a little bit vulnerable because you got to step out there into that that space of things you don't know. And that's not always comfortable for people. So I think some people like to stay in their comfort zone and kind of build up these walls to say, hey, this is where I'm comfortable and I can add value in this because if I have to learn something new, then I have to go through that learning process again. And I mean, it, it is a bit scary to have to go through that development process. Mm. It's the old uh, expression, adapt or die, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to adapt with it. Absolutely. So tell, me, tell me, when did you start uh, the TL Turner Group? Yeah, so I actually started doing it kind of freelance work kind of back in 2014 to where I was still working a full-time corporate job and I'd have different entrepreneurs that would call me about different transactions. And the very first one was um, a friend of mine, his father called me and said, hey, I'm working with a, a, a hair care product line or a salon out of Europe. They have several locations out of Europe. They want to bring a hair care product to the U.S. And so... I started looking at that and they were um, like, hey, we want to do these deals. We want to bring the product into Target and Walmart and Walgreens. So I started doing the, you know, the, the financial review and just kind of building out based on their projections. What do we think their income statement, balance sheet and cash flow would look like to make sense? Because they were trying to raise capital for it. And in the process of, you know, I start, I was just doing it for free because I'm like, that was the first time I'd ever done it. So, I mean, I was familiar with doing it in the corporate space, but the first time right. I had ever done it independently. So, so, I was, so let me, let me pause there for a second. What, was there any kind of like, um, cause I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, not even like first customer, but the first, their first foray into delivering their services. I know for me, it was like, I hope I don't ruin this business. You know, like <laughs> I hope I don't ruin this person's life. 
Um, and then, you know, once I started to build some confidence, started getting some results, it was like, okay, yeah, like I, I don't just think I can do this. I can do this. Um, everything you describe would freak, would freak me out. I mean, a company from another country, you know, they're, they're needing something pretty large and sizable in terms of your help. Um, walk me through kind of your mental game there. Yeah. I mean, so I was absolutely nervous about that. Cause like I said, in the corporate space, I mean, when you're doing it as a job, you have other people around you that you can bounce ideas off of. And, and so there were, there was structure in place there to where when I was doing this, what I decided is because I was so like say concerned, like I was going to, I decided to do it for free for this person is just going through the assessment. Cause I was like, you know, you know, this is a very big deal. They're trying to launch a product from Europe in the U.S. and they're trying to do it on this big scale. And so I was deeply concerned about it. So, I mean, I was working through it and, and, and I finally got to a point where I built out a three-year, you know, three-year model to project out, you know, their financials for those three years. I was deeply concerned about it. And at the time, like my my wife now, but we were dating then where there were times where, you know, we were supposed to get together to go out on a date and I was working on this. And she was like, are you still working on that? I'm like, yes, I'm deeply concerned. Like I, I got to make sure that it's right. Like yeah. every, like every hour that I had free, I was working on trying to figure that out. And so then I, when I delivered the, the product to them, like I said, I agreed to do it for free to, to help them out. I was so concerned about that, but I think what really boosted my confidence was when they went to talk to uh, went to talk to, to Target and they were getting some good traction with that. And then he called me back and said, "Hey, I need you to do something else." I'm like, "Oh man, what did I do wrong? <laughs> um, like, what happened?" And he was like, "Actually, we just got a call from L'Oreal and they want us to fly to New York to pitch to their board because they're actually interested in buying it." I was like, "Oh wow." Um, and it was like, you know, the thing that really, you know, you know, attracted their interest is when they saw the financials. It's like, mm. oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, all of that worry and concern, like that really boosted my confidence level. So then it turned from, you know, just trying to help them launch a product to now they were doing like a, it was a, a $62 million pitch to L'Oreal for this product. Mm. And so that really boosted my confidence when I was like, wow, if the, you know, the team, the finance team at L'Oreal thinks this is a good idea and their the financials attracted their attention, yeah. maybe I actually can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of started the, you know, the journey of what kind of the TL Turner group is like doing that first job for free. And then it led into other people reaching out. And even that same, uh, the same gentleman that I did the work with, he reached out about some other deals and sent some other people my way. And that kind of started the journey of, you know, paid clients for those type of services. So it's been six years. Uh, I'm sure you've had all sorts of a, of a journey in running a business. You've already beat the statistic for being in business. <laughs> you made it past the first year, made it past the five-year mark. Uh, at what point did the business talk library come about? 
So the Business Talk Library came about um, it's a little over two years ago. And from that, what I started realizing is a lot of people were asking me questions about, you know, different finance or tax stuff, especially when we had uh, the original tax reform that, that, that Donald Trump, President Trump signed into law, where a lot of people had questions about it, and rightfully so, because it was, you know, massive change. And so some of the questions were very basic. So I started just doing video. Well, actually, I was writing a blog at the time and my wife suggested, hey, maybe we should do videos again. <laughs> I was like, no. She's the brains, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'll, I'll just keep, I'll just write a blog. And, you know, after, you know, about two weeks of her bringing that up and bringing that up and I was like, all right, again, it was because I was afraid that, it wasn't, I wasn't going to come off well on camera. So for like about three weeks, like every day I would go into the basement for about two hours and just practice in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And then I would delete it because I thought it was horrible. Um, and then I'd record again and keep practicing. So after three weeks, I was like comfortable enough to do my first video that I was actually going to put out there. And after doing that video, just kind of breaking down some of the major changes, um, people were like, man, this is very helpful. So I decided to continue doing that and continue creating videos. Um, and like I said, all of this was being done on a cell phone with like a, a $30 lapel mic. Um, so figuring that out and, you know, after about, you know, a year and, and some change of doing that, um, Again, my wife came back and was like, hey, maybe we should feature other entrepreneurs on the show. And I was like, uh, again, I was against it. But like I say, hey, my, my wife has been, she's been hitting home runs with the idea. So. <laughs> yeah, you need to do whatever she tells you to. That's my advice to you. So, well, like I said, um, it's, man, it's a great, again, I love the tagline. We, we need more of what you're doing. Uh, but also, again, checking out the YouTube channel, man, I was so impressed with what you've put together. Again, the production values are great. I mean, it's it's got a great intro. Um, I had a lot of confidence as I was just, you know, scanning through it thinking like, you know, this guy really, him and his wife really know what they're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah, it's definitely been a great journey. I mean, with figuring that out because, I mean, right now, I mean, it's just my wife and I that are we do the filming, we do the editing, um, like all the, the, the subtitling. And yeah, thanks to you for, you know, just a tip that you gave us about, you know, softwares that we can use to leverage for subtitling and stuff. And so we've picked up tips from different people. Um, I've definitely spent a good amount of time like on YouTube, just studying like filmmakers and hmm. some of the things, because like lighting was one of those very big things because before you actually get into it, you often think, oh, you just set up a camera, you buy the most expensive camera, you set it up and you just go yeah. for it. And before we, I'm like I said, being a, a finance person, I'm like, all right, let's make sure this makes sense first. Um, because, you know, some cameras are like 10, 10 grand. I'm like, we are right. definitely not doing that. Right. Um, we're going to prove our model with the cell phone we have first before we graduate to a camera. And so watching a bunch of videos and just kind of figuring out like, hey, you know, lighting was actually the big thing. It was more important than the camera that we were using. And so once we figured out how to create good quality with a cell phone, then we were like, you know, after probably about, I think it was like 86 videos, 
then we finally graduated to actually buying a camera. But the first mm. 86 were all done on a, on a cell phone. Yeah. And I think there's, that's a, there's a great insight there just in terms of for the entrepreneurs who are listening, you know, really not getting so um, jazzed about where your business, where you want it to go before you think about where it currently is. Cause like, I just, I just published the 120th episode of the podcast. And I think the first, um, maybe the first 60 or 70 were all with a very cheap microphone, <laughs> you know, it, because I just knew I, I didn't want to upgrade to like the real deal until I actually felt some traction. And man, it feels like a lot of people, like I talked to a guy who was starting a business and he was like, he was like, all I have is $20,000. I want to spend all of that on a work truck oh, or like wow. a branded truck. And I was like, <laughs> that is the biggest mistake you could make because you don't have any customers. You don't even have yeah. a company. Um, but I guess that diligence, you know, that force of habit, I think the more we can do that, the better off we'll be. So, and I'm sure you run into that a lot when you're helping people with their spending and where their money's going and, um, you know, things like that. So, yeah, man, I think that uh, that is a very, very big thing and a very common thing for a lot of people where they talk about, you know, you know, it takes, you know, it takes a lot of money to, you know, to start a business. And I, was, I always tell people, it depends what level of business you're trying to run, like to run a business with a massive budget that, that requires a lot of capital investment. Like, yeah, it takes a lot of money to do that. But one of the things that I always tell people and I've learned from like interviewing different business coaches and just studying different businesses is that, you know what? you probably need to start with the basic ground level concept of your product because mm. you don't even know if people even want to buy your product. Yeah. Yet. So it's just <laughs> like, why would you spend 20 yeah. grand when you don't even know if people even want this? <laughs> yeah. You think people want it and your mom says people want it, but you don't actually know. Yeah, totally. I love that. So I always tell people, I mean, like, even with, you know, when people are like, well, you know, I got to get this type of, you know, building so that I could have the space to do it. I always tell people, you know, let's see if you can freelance that type of service first. And mm -hmm. let's see if you get some traction there, because what people tend to find is, is that as you start to test your product offering in the market, what you'll realize is, it's what actually sells is not exactly what you had in your mind. You have to make some tweaks. Cause even like I said, with the business talk library, I mean, like I said, I had it in mind that I was just going to do, you know, finance tips or whatever. And it went well, but since it's evolved to where now we're doing, you know, six to 10 interviews with other entrepreneurs every single week mm. to where, you know, we set a goal to say, you know, back in March, we got a goal said we want to do 150 features of other business owners, entrepreneurs. And I would say since the end of March, we've done 77 to oh. where it's just like, because that's what the demand is. And, mm. and I think that's one of those very important things in an entrepreneur is figuring out how to shift with the real demand of your paying customers and not just try to stay with what you think people want or need. I think that's a great insight too, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you think, right? Which I think is a hard truth for people to swallow. Um, well, Terrell, this has been really good. It's been really fun. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. We'll have to continue this conversation uh, another time. Man, again, I love what you're doing with the podcast, with the uh, channel and uh, business sounds great. 
tell my listeners what, what, what's like the one thing you'd want them to go do following this episode in terms of engaging with you, engaging with your content, or even following up with you for your services. What's the best thing for people to do? Yeah. So the best thing you can do is to follow me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn because I'm very big about, you know, that personal interaction and connection with people. Um, you can, so it's Terrell A. Turner CPA on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also follow us on, on YouTube. It's at business talk library. You can follow us on Facebook. It's at business talk library on Instagram at business talk library. And you can visit our website, which is www.businesstalklibrary.com. We have the full library of all the videos that we've done, as well as there's a link there where you can get in touch with us and we can find out, Hey, how we could either help your business, feature your business, or provide accounting services for your business. Mm, I love it. And for the listeners, I will put those links in the episode description. Uh, Terrell, this has been fun, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, for the listeners, if you are a first-time listener, you've never checked out the podcast before, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. Make sure you keep getting the latest episodes straight to your mobile device or wherever you listen to us. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, definitely leave us a five-star review. We'll be bringing you more good advice next week. Stay tuned. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening. See ya.